1: All right, welcome into uh, to another edition here of the Early Line on the Grid, SportsGrid.com. Joe Ranieri alongside De Martinez here as we uh, continue to roll through the NFL free agency period while the NFL continues to roll through the free agency period. Deals, 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 and uh, all week long, uh, some of the biggest names uh, in the game, switching uniforms, some of the Uh, Lesser but uh, important uh, players too, bolstering some rosters, uh, some cleaning house in some places. I mean, we've had just about a little bit of everything. We've also seemed to have had a bunch of money uh, that the NFL owners don't seem to uh, have a problem parting with for players, especially wide receivers. Uh, We didn't get a chance yet this week to talk about Amari Cooper and the Dallas Cowboys, his $100 million deal solidifying. Uh, that offense, as what many people think, maybe a window that is closing for Dallas. Defensively, we also have some uh, some changing of the guard uh, in the secondaries of some teams, uh, including uh, you know, it, it, recently too. I mean, the cornerback market, some of the biggest names that uh, that were going to be available either traded or picked up in free agency. Hell, even one deciding that he was going to stay exactly where he is. So. We got much to get to, we'll get you caught up with all of the latest information uh, in the NFL that's coming out. Because Dane, there's a lot of people who are, shall we say, um, I don't know, using um, let's say jerseys that they might have bought over the last couple of years with their favorite player that is no longer going to be relevant. So the jersey sales, maybe the NFL knows this and this is why they do this. They go crazy, it's like, all right, so it's been a little while, Let's go, all new merchandise, all new jerseys, all of these players, because we're talking about some of these guys are fan favorites, uh, to say the least, so gonna be a lot of money spent on merchandise coming up soon.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when I think about the, the value of DeAndre Hopkins to the Houston Texans and their fans, or Darius Slay in Detroit, these are guys that have been anchors of franchises for a long time. And we ain't even talking about Hall of Famers like Tom Brady and Phillip Rivers that we discussed yesterday. But Joe, in these crazy times in, people are panic buying toilet paper, maybe some of these old jerseys can be used as rags moving forward as well.
1: It's, uh, it is uh, a little bit crazy here, but it's... Uh, but it's true. Uh, teams are going to have totally different looks, and I, I love it. I Listen, the thing about the NFL is that we kept saying parity, right? The word parity in the NFL kept using. We've laughed at it over the last 20 years with the Patriots and the dynasty. And, you know, every decade, it seems, there's always been that dynasty, even when there wasn't a, uh, you know, a salary cap uh, to prohibit teams from loading up. There, you know, it was the 49ers, it was the Cowboys, it was the Steelers. It was, you know, you go back over the last 40, 50 years, there was always that one team that was in it for at least half the decade. And, you know, now maybe that, that Patriots reign is, is coming to a close. We've got a new champion in Kansas City. But man, oh man, there's an awful lot of teams that are going to look really, really different, including and starting with, of course, the Tampa Bay Bucks with uh, a totally new look behind center. A new attitude, a new look, a new persona uh, with Tom Brady. Now, the deal isn't officially done yet, but it is going to be in that $30 million range. We know that a year. Uh, he hasn't been able to take the physical yet, which is why it has not been, well, I listen, I hope nothing falls through it because this would be egg on a lot of people's faces here. Somebody then would be getting the Tampa Bay uh, Bucks at a, uh, you know, at what, uh, 12 to 1 to win the Super Bowl and Tom Brady's not going there. That would be a problem. But they're working out the physical right now, can't travel, they gotta find a local doctor, so on and so forth. It's going to happen. But what's also happening, it's being reported that a lot of remaining free agents are picking up the phone, going, like, yo, I'm Tampa, I'm available. I would love to come and play because Tom Brady is there. You got a lot of people who now all of a sudden want to go to Tampa and play alongside the greatest of all time.
0: Yeah, Joe, and that makes sense, right? I think a lot of what we're saying here. There's an analog in the NBA, Joe, right? Like, for so many years, the Warriors were this dominant force. And you can say, hey, I don't care about the regular season. Wake me up when we get to June and it's LeBron versus Golden State, right? And people were like, oh, hum, you know? But now, now that the Warriors kind of dynasty is dead in many respects, look at the excitement. You know how teams think they've got a chance, right? And also in the NBA, you see veterans being like, I'll take less money to go ahead and play with LeBron or go ahead and play with people that I want to play with. And we're seeing some of that in the NFL as well. The Brady Patriots dynasty has finally had a stake through its heart. And so now other teams are saying, wait a second, the door may be open for us. truly make a run and similarly we are having players say wait a second i get a chance to play with tom brady let me do that you know i will kind of let my entourage and agent and the powers that be know that i can be had for a discount if tampa bay wants to sign me and joe you know one player that we're here buzz about in tampa i know you know where i'm going okay because he resides down in your state there's a Bit of red tape still to get through. But reports of that, maybe Tom Brady and A.B. were a package deal and that any team that wanted Tom Brady is going to have to want to at least have overtures to Antonio Brown. Now, I love Mike Evans and Chris Godwin and O.J. Howard and what they have, but could you imagine if they add Antonio Brown, like, to the slot for that group?
1: I don't, um, no, I don't. And, of course, there were, uh, You know, people were putting that connection together, but there were uh, obviously some other reports uh, from insiders around Bruce Arians and company going, oh, hell no. Like, Tom Brady doesn't need to babysit, uh, you know, Antonio Brown. And it's a good question, though. Like, will Antonio Brown, and I still don't think the NFL has made a decision one way or the other, right? Still under investigation, which is hysterical. uh, But... Uh, it's it's going to be a fascinating domino that will, in fact, fall at some point. Either he won't be allowed back in the league, or if the approval comes, uh-huh. uh, it's going to be interesting to see who is going to take that risk, because with great upside, there is also great downside with an Antonio Brown. And I'm not sure in a new building, no. you know, Tom Brady brings that culture of winning. And he brings uh, a new way and a new outlook. But my fear is, as usual, we keep associating, we do this all the time, we've done this with other greats in the past, guys, whether it be Montana, whether it be Jordan, go down the list, guys that eventually moved on late in their careers to other teams. We as fans, or we as betters, and even teammates, they're guilty of this too. You know, they all picture they're getting this in their prime version of the player. Kansas City didn't get Joe Montana in his prime, right? I mean, you know, the Wizards didn't get Michael Jordan in his prime, and the Tampa Bay Bucks ain't getting Tom Brady in his prime. So, uh, are they? do they bring some of the intangibles with them? Of course they do. Younger guys in that locker room who grew up, you know, let's face it, loving Tom Brady are gonna be like, oh, it's Tom. You know, and I'm sure that's what some of the phone calls are right now, Dan. Guys that grew up idolizing Tom Brady were like, I want to go and play with the goat, man. I want to go play
0: with the goat. Doesn't mean that he is going to equate to
1: success in any way, shape, or form.
0: Yeah, no, I agree with you. And remember, Tom Brady loved Antonio Brown last year because he knew he had no other weapons yeah. at his disposal. Mike Evans, right. Chris Godwin, OJ Howard, you know, in an emerging running game with Ronald Jones, he's got weapons. It's not like he needs Tom Brady. To be quite honest, the players that, you know, Tampa Bay should be looking at if they want to play for a discount with the goat, in my opinion, are offensive linemen and players on the defensive side of the ball. Cause that's what they still need. Right. I believe, honestly, Joe, you're right. Tom Brady is not in his prime. Right. The the arm strength has taken a step back. He was never the most strong arm quarterback to begin with, but I'll say what I said last time with you, Joe. I think it's a decision-making process, you know, that's more important here for Bruce Arians and the Bucs. I mean, Jameis Winston threw 30 interceptions. Yes. And I- about how many one-score games there were and how he threw those picks. They went 7-9 and nine last year. I think they're making the bet that just good decision-making, and, you know, I know this is a dirty word, but Tom Brady as an elite game manager, can win them a few more games. I don't think they're paying him to chuck it 60-yard downfield for 50-50 balls for Mike Evans. You
1: know, it's funny. I don't remember if... The amount of hype around this is amazing, but, again, it's so unique, but it's not... It's not original. It's unique for the NFL because we haven't seen it in a while because the quarterback position, oftentimes you don't – teams, especially the truly greats, the upper echelon, although Peyton Manning was kind of forced out of Indy, went to Denver and then had more success in Denver than he did anyplace else. But again, it was because of everything else Denver did. And I know people are bringing up Peyton Manning being like, well, listen, he wasn't a guy in his prime, but he still managed to get Denver to a couple of Super Bowls you know, deer antler juice and all, so but that's a whole nother story. Uh, he ended up, yes, you're you're right. But the other team, the pieces around him, timing is everything. And listen, I'm not saying Tampa Bay ain't gonna be great. I just think people need to be realistic. And right now the betting markets are showing is people are not being realistic with the Tampa Bay Bucks. That just because you add Tom Brady doesn't equal a Super Bowl, especially out of the Uh, out of the NFC in that division, no less, where he's going against a couple other pretty good dudes, uh, especially one that's also pretty darn good in his career and his lifetime in Drew Brees. But, you know, how many people remember Patrick Ewing playing with the Orlando Magic? How many people remember Shaquille O'Neal with the Boston Celtics? You know, to me, Mm -hmm. I don't even think people remember that Joe Montana took Kansas City to a playoff, um, you know, for the first time. But that's never going to be associated you know, Shaq is never going to be associated with Boston. Right. Nope. And Dewey is going to be associated with Orlando. And I don't ever think, short of a Super Bowl. You know, even Peyton Manning, still a cult. I still think yeah. he's a cult, right? I mean, they, so I don't think Tom Brady is going to ever be able to move away from the greatness that was in New England. The only thing that can happen to me, which is what happened to a lot of these guys, is that the minute it's not, you're not 8-0 to start the season, We're just going to be like, ah, here we go again. It's another, you know, another Ewing to Orlando, or it's another Michael Jordan to the Wizards. Uh, That's, and meanwhile, you're going to have Mr. Belichick over there, you know, tied for the lead, if not in first in the AFC East again without Tom Brady.
0: You know, it's interesting. You can get odds right now on who will have a better season, the Tampa Bay Bucks or the New England Patriots. And their win total, there's only one game in between them. So I think that's interesting. Tampa Bay Bucks win total with our partners on FanDuel right now are eight and a half, Joe. Okay, so it has moved up to above 500. And don't get it twisted. They are in a division with one of the favorites in the NFC, that being the New Orleans Saints, who right now brought back their Hall of Fame quarterback yep. signed. Got a huge guy in the secondary, Malcolm Jenkins, to add to their secondary. Joe, the Saints are seven to one, the second choice to win the NFC. So if Tampa Bay is gonna make hay somehow, they're going to have to get through, you know, some of the big boy contenders just in their own division yep. before we even talk about the defending yep. NFC champions out west in San Francisco. So what true. do you, think about that, Joe? If you were uh, to get so ahead. True. Yep. Players are going to try to come to Tampa Bay. Eight and a half is the win total for the Tampa Bay Bucks. Which way are you leaning on that? I, I'm still.
1: I'm good. Listen, I, I think it'll get to nine. I think people will be ridiculous, and just like Cleveland last year. Remember, we watched this, guys. You know, we we all cashed uh, a lot of tickets there, uh, fading Cleveland right from the start. Right. And we're talking about. Uh, Tell me the difference between Cleveland and Tampa. I mean, Tampa, over the last 10 years, has been right. miserable. I mean, you know, outside of Gruden, uh, you know, years ago, years ago, guys, when, you know, Tampa actually stood for something and had some players, that's not – this has not been a winning culture in that building in a long, long time. So, I, and just like Cleveland, you just don't drop players in and expect to win. There is going to be a growing – pain there, especially, yeah. Dane, if we, let's just say, we got to, already, we know we've got an abbreviated preseason, right? So sure. we know we're not gonna play extra games. We know timing and practices now are even pulled back. So there are a lot of things that work against, when the clock is ticking for a guy like Tom Brady, uh, it's, it's ticking hard, so every second he doesn't get a chance to acclimate himself and get everybody else used, let's face it, to the way Tom Brady does things, Not everybody fits the Patriot role model, you know what I mean? It'll be interesting to see what kind of player in the locker room Brady is. Is he going to be everyone's buddy, or is he going to be the hard ass that he was in New England? That works in New England. You know, All of these players don't want to play with him until they get in the locker room with him, and he rips your ass every 10 seconds. Let's see how that works with the younger generation.
0: Yeah, and he was able to do that in New England because he had been there for yeah, twenty years. Exactly, right? exactly. Relationships with people—they oh. saw the way he practiced. They saw oh. that you know all that stuff. And here's the other thing, though, Joe. We 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 make fun of Jameis going thirty thirty last year, right? sounds right. and interceptions. But the Tampa Bay Buccaneers were like the third highest scoring team in the NFL last year. Yes, they were. Is not the side of the ball that needs help if the Bucs are going to take a huge step forward, right? Yep. I look at Todd Bowles another year there with his players. You know, I think what the Bucks need to do now is turn their attention to the defensive side of the ball, Joe. They had a good offense. Yes. You're right. And you're right. Brady over Jameis makes them a little bit more um conservative or a little bit more careful with the ball, which is a good thing. But they have to address. Their defense, okay. Yep. That's through free agency or loading up in the draft. They need to give Todd Bowles some toys to play with, and then maybe they can take a step forward because they still got to contend with Drew Brees. They still got to contend with Matt Ryan, and they have to ch- contend with an evolving offense in Carolina now with Teddy Bridgewater on the center. The defensive side of the ball yes. is where they need to turn their attention.
1: Yes, there is, uh, and there's some defense there. Don't get me wrong. Love Todd Bowles. Love what he runs. They had a uh, serious problem against the pass last year, and it'll be interesting to see if they can shore those up. But, uh, but I, you know, against the run, they were as good as anyone. Shaq Barron and company, Garrett, those guys are absolute beasts. But some teams, it's amazing, too, early on. And it's, you know, the numbers aren't great hitting in free agency, by the way, guys. Hitt- hitting, in other words, correlating, signing a big-time free agent, and all of a sudden translating that into... Success for the team. Uh, it hasn't been great over the years. So while it's, and that's why we always say it's not great winning free agency. Like, I'd rather not win free agency. I'd rather win the draft uh, because that's how champions are built in the NFL. One joke. Right. Exactly <laughs> it. You know, I'd rather not, win, you know, congratulations, Cleveland won the uh, offseason last. The Jets uh, year after year, you know, trying to win the back pages in New York. Washington does that with Snyder. Doesn't it doesn't work. It just doesn't work, but there are some teams that have gone out of their way to say, you know what, we're going to be defense first. We are going to build our defense, and one of the divisions doing that and saying that is the NFC East, so when you look at Dallas, when you look at Washington, Philadelphia, and even the Giants at this particular point, which is going to be another fascinating thing, Yes, the Cowboys wrote a check, a big check to Amari Cooper, but they also added some pieces to the defensive side. The Philadelphia Eagles just made their move finally. Uh, Who did they get? What did they get? A lot of Eagles fans have been upset, but Jim Schwartz got a guy he's very familiar with now on his defense. In fact, a guy he drafted back in the day. So we'll get you caught up with the latest, the NFC East. We'll talk about them Cowboys, them Giants, the Redskins, Who's going defense? What kind of division is it going to be? We'll get to that, and we'll do it. Coming up next here on The Grid, he is Dane Martinez. I am Joe Ranieri, and uh, we will be back on the morning line, getting you caught up with everything that is the NFL sportsgrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real-time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge then get on the grid sportsgrid.com all right welcome back into the grid sportsgrid.com joe ranieri alongside dane martinez as we uh continue uh to just to put all the pieces together it is going to be a new look nfl uh this uh this season whenever that may kick off it is uh you know it's going to kick off and there's going to be an awful lot of listen there's new coach there are new assistant coaches new offensive coordinators defensive coordinators special teams guys there are a whole bunch of new players the uh the nfl for the most part for what we have you know known over these last couple of years there, it's gonna look different, gonna feel different. We got an extra game, we got more playoff teams, we got a lot of different things changing, a changing of the guard, so to speak, in the game, in the NFL. and when you start diving into some of these moves that have already happened in the free agency period, Dane, uh, you know, you start to notice, you start mm-hmm. to notice some things, because where, where there's new coaches, where there's new philosophies, Um, some things don't change. New coaches, new philosophies, new coordinators like their kinds of players, Uh, usually players that they have some sort of history with. And you don't have to look any further. The NFC East is fascinating this year, guys. I can't wait to see this division with Ron Rivera, the new coach, of course, in, in Washington, Jack Del Rio, the new defensive coordinator, a renewed interest of being a defensive monster in the NFC East. But the Philadelphia Eagles were a team that were criticized, uh, Howie Roseman and company, last year for not going out getting Patrick Ramsey, for not going out and bolstering that secondary which needed the help. Uh, Well, Howie Roseman apparently uh, listened to you finally, and they just went out and took on Darius Slay. They got him from the uh, Detroit Lions. I believe 50 million guaranteed is the number that was floated around. The interesting thing is, well, who do you think drafted Darius Slay, and that's, of course, Jim Schwartz, the defensive coordinator for the Philadelphia Eagles. And we all, Darius Slay is one of the best, you know, he's a top five defensive back in this league. Uh, the guy is a ball hawk. He's exactly what Jim Schwartz loves in his type of defense. Dwight him when he was the head coach of Detroit. So Philadelphia, yes, they get, uh, you know, they they go ahead, a valuable piece in that secondary that they needed. Uh, Philadelphia is going to be really, really good again next year, guys. Love Jim Schwartz. Love the offense. Philadelphia is going to be at the top of that division when it is all said and done. But, uh, again, we're kind of seeing that. I know this guy. This is the kind of guy I want, whether it be Jim Schwartz or even what the New York Giants are doing right now. There is a renewed effort with the Giants and their defense, which was atrocious last year. It's going to be a new look for sure this year.
0: Yeah, absolutely. First with Darius Slay, you had it right. He's already reached an agreement of three years, $50 million as an extension with the Philadelphia Eagles. And Joe, $30 million of it is guaranteed. Okay, but the, the broader point you're making, I think is really important for people to understand. And this has been going back. Forever, Joe. I remember all the way back to Bill Parcells. There was a thing like, oh, he's got to get his guys, right? And so whatever stop he went to, all of a sudden you saw certain linebackers You saw certain fullbacks, you know, people that could know his system, help the system, and be a positive influence in the locker room, okay? You just talked about it with Darius Slay. I look to the New York football Giants. They're doing some of the same things, Joe. You just mentioned that Graham moved from Miami to be the new defensive coordinator of the New York Giants. You know what his previous job was, Joe, in 2018? He was the linebackers coach of the Green Bay Packers. Yes. And now, what happened yesterday? Oh, the New York Giants signed former Packers linebacker Blake Martinez to a three-year, $30 million contract. What else did the Giants do yesterday? Oh, they signed former Packers linebacker Kyler Fackrell to a one-year, $4.6 million contract. We're seeing this all over the place, whether it is Philip Rivers with experience with Frank Reich whether it's Eddie Bridgewater going to Carolina where he's played with former offensive coordinator Joe Brady. these That's the way, especially with the new collective bargaining agreement, especially with potentially less practices and preseason games. Consistency is the name of the game at this point. If you want to, like try to read the tea leaves, look at where coaches are going, look at the coaching tree and where they may have some familiarity. It's even the case, Joe, if you look right now at the odds for Cam Newton, right? We've talked about this. The odds for Cam Newton right now, the favorite is the Washington football team. Why? The new head coach there in Washington is Ron Rivera, Rivera. (laughs) years with Cam
1: Newton. It's so true. It's it, you go down the list, man, and it's like, wow. Oh, there's a history there. Well, there's a history there. There's a history there. Uh, the front office of Tampa Bay and Tom Brady. I mean, you you go down the list, guys. Gotcha. There is a connection across the board with a lot of guys because, and it seems a lot this year, which is why. Listen, Cam Newton to Washington is that really, is that really out of the question, Dane? Um, you know, have reuniting uh, reuniting Cam and and Ron Rivera there? Uh, you know. Coach, he's known forever. I, you know, some of these things I think you take into consideration and you go, uh, even in Miami here with the uh, with Dotwood, Brian Flores going out and getting Van Noy, signing Van Noy to be his anchor on that defensive side of the ball. It's clear the Dolphins are going defense. The NFC East, it is clear that Philadelphia plugged its holes between Hargrave and Darius Slay now in the offseason. Um, they are going to be ferocious. Make no mistake about it. Philadelphia is going to be a team to beat to me in the NFC East. Sorry, Cowboys fans. Now, Cowboys, they're kind of going about it in a different way. They know they've got a lot of money they got to pay out. They can't pay everybody. so right. They opted to franchise tag DAC, but they've given Amari Cooper a $100 million deal, $60 million guaranteed, which... Had to be a necessity. I don't care who the quarterback is going to be. You you had to get to me, you know, Amari Dunn. But, you know, defense, there's going to be a little shuffling around there. There's going to be Gerald McCoy, in fact, just uh, is coming over, you know, 32 years old, but a guy that can plug up the middle of that defense for them. Great, uh, great signing for not a lot of money there, which is good. Uh, the draft is always going to be important for teams like the Cowboys. That aging offensive line, I think the window is closing quick. Yep. And so they're going to be unique. But Amari Cooper, to me, was a guy that you, you signed. And it's interesting because usually it's the quarterback that signs first. But with the Cowboys, it was the running back. Now it's the wide receiver. And, oh, yeah, now here comes the quarterback. And uh, they're going to have to figure something out with him down the road but I do think that for the first, let's say the first half of the season, if the Cowboys are five and one, six and zero, oh, man, it, that stove is going to get hot. Jerry's essentially saying we're going to franchise tag you, and if you ain't five and one, six and zero, oh, the chance of you getting a long term deal done before the end of the season, Dane, probably slim to none.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You know, we're going to hear every week we are going to hear reports <laughs> based on how Dak performed. Yep. You yep. know, on yep. all makes them more likely to want to sign a long-term deal or not but you're right they go ahead and sign amari cooper five years 100 million and you know what joe similar although not to the same extent as jalen ramsey with the rams Mm. dallas almost had to do this right they sent draft picks over to get amari cooper so if they wind up letting him walk or go somewhere else And we heard that some teams that were interested were, in fact, the Philadelphia Eagles, right, to try to pillage and weaken their division rival. I believe the Eagles are in the driver's seat in the NFC East. I agree with you, Joe. You also have to remember, this was a team that did go to the playoffs, that did beat out Dallas and was a walking mass unit towards the end of the year. Can you even remember the names of two Philly wide receivers by the end of the season, Joe? Because I certainly can't. They had court, you know college quarterbacks being converted to play real roles for them yep. towards the end of the season. So if they stay healthy and make the moves, and like you said, I trust Roseman a lot more than some others, so I think Philly is in the driver's seat. The other part of Dallas, though, so no, especially when we're talking about this familiarity, this consistency, mm-hmm. they have a new head coach in right. McCarthy there in Dallas, and I think that's a big unknown. Okay, and I think that's a part of the reason why they didn't commit to Dak because there's a new regime in town, right? We don't know how he fits with McCarthy. Solid,
1: and all great point.
0: Interested, you know, McCarthy in Green Bay did not ever truly lean on his running back. You right. know what I mean? But now you have a running back that should be leaned on, is getting paid like it, is one of the only three down backs still left in the NFL. So do you think, similar, Joe, to how we're wondering, well, is Brady going to run it his way in Tampa? Or is it the Bruce Arians kind of scheme that reigns supreme in Tampa? I'm wondering about this Dallas offense, Joe. And are they going to do what Mike McCarthy usually does? Or are they going to lean more on the talent that they have at their disposal, which is one of the best running backs in the NFL? For me, that's still an open question.
1: That's correct. And, and you're absolutely correct to say it's a great point. There is still some question marks around that team. And we know, listen, Mike McCarthy in the past, not necessarily very running back oriented. Uh, but, you know, to, to listen, to his, to his credit, though, you know, when you have Aaron Rodgers, why are you handing the ball off an awful lot? I get it. Uh, but at the same time, you know, that reverse thinking might be necessary here if you have. And this has always been the knock on Jason Garrett that why in the world would you try and move away and not give, uh, you know, Zeke the damn ball more off? There were so many situations over the last couple of years where it's like, just hand the damn ball off, give it to Zeke Elliott, give it to that offensive line, let him figure the damn thing out. But he didn't. And now he is, of course, the, the, the he goes now to the Giants, who and they have a pretty good running back, too. So it'll be interesting to see what kind of uh, situation there is going to evolve. But to your point, uh, you got a new coach there, and it'll be interesting to see if that quarterback in Dak, he's worth the $35 million you're going to pay him on a franchise tag, uh, but you're not going to commit you know, $150 million to a guy that we don't know if it's going to fit long term. So interesting stuff there also. Randall Cobb, no longer a cowboy, signed with the Texans, but there is uh, plenty of chatter right now about Emmanuel Sanders uh, Mm -hmm. being uh, a Dallas Cowboy before uh, too long. Of course, Sanders traded to the 49ers. Uh, The 49ers, a lot of interchangeable parts there uh, going on right now, and Sanders in a Cowboys uniform in that system. Uh, Essentially, that's plug and play too. You take Cobb out, he had a great year for the Cowboys. You put in Emmanuel Sanders, you don't lose anything. You know what I mean, Dane? Even at 33 years old, Emmanuel Sanders would be a great add to the Dallas Cowboys, even at 33.
0: I agree with you that Emmanuel Sanders is a good player, even Mm -hmm. at, you know, being in his late 30s, I mean, early 30s. I agree with that, but I go back to what I just said, Joe. I don't know if the Cowboys' offense, Mm -hmm. Hunter McCarthy, with you know, a stud running back, do they need to spend the amount of money, like allocate the funds and the resources to a guy to play the number two wide receiver yep. when you spent a hundred million on your wide out one and you have an all-pro running back? Yep. Like, is that the right place to allocate that much money? Yep. I don't really know. You know what I mean? Like, do you need a stud? second wide receiver when your offense is likely going to run through your running back and only needing one stud wide out, and you have it in Amari Cooper? Now, I know it makes sense because Sanders, his home state is Texas, okay? So it would be coming back home, and I get that. My question just is, would they really have a use for Emmanuel Sanders? Does Manny Sanders want to go to a team like Dallas, where he's gonna get a smaller share of the pie than if he went somewhere else.
1: Yeah, it's um it's going to be interesting. There've gotta be some other pieces in there that they have to right that they've gotta they gotta figure out. Because the identity of this team right, to me and you, right? I mean, we're not and we're not the only one. Cowboys fans will tell you too. Like to me, the identity of the Cowboys is run the damn ball up your ass. That's what they want. That's what they're gonna do. You got that offensive line again, window closing. Uh, getting a little bit older each and every year. So to me, give the ball to Zeke. Ride Zeke. Don't ask Dak to do too much. The problem and the knock on Dak has always been when he's playing the you know, the New York Giants teams or the, you know, the less than 500 teams he looks like an all world. When he plays the better teams, the playoff teams, yeah, he has yet to be able to take that next step. And of course, you got to be able to do that. you got to be able to win the big games in big moments. He just has not been able to do it. So it'll be, uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens continually with the Cowboys. Giants are a new look. We know identity-wise on offense what they should be. We know the Redskins also defense first. Uh, they've got some pieces on the offensive side. Uh, you know, can they keep guys healthy? There's some question marks there offensive line-wise. Uh, But I can tell you this, with Jack Del Rio, Ron Rivera, the moves that they've made so far, defense, top priority. Uh, And and it should be because you're in a division with Saquon Barkley and Zeke Elliott. You better be able to stop the run, Dane. You know what I mean? You better be able to stop the damn run. So we know Philadelphia and Carson Wentz can throw the ball all over the place. But if I'm Washington, I know their identity. They're going to be a defensive first team, depending on who they get at quarterback or if they make a move. It's going to be interesting. If it's Cam Newton, bets are off the table. But if they are just going to go with what they've got, uh, they're going to try to win games defensively, keep games close, and have a chance to steal a few wins here this year.
0: Yeah, I think that makes sense, Joe. And look at it, right? They bring in Ron Rivera as their head coach. They bring in Jack Del Rio to be their defensive coordinator. We look at some of the odds for the NFL draft, right? Everybody thinks. That Washington is going to be very happy to have Ohio State stud, Chase Young, fall into their lap, at number two pick, right? And then in the recent days, listen, they go and get Kendall Fuller, right, to play in the back half there as a cornerback there. He was with them, you know, kind of – he was part of the trade that went over to Kansas City when they traded for Alex Smith. Yep. Remember, again, familiarity, right? They know him, they like him, they get him back. Thomas Davis, veteran linebacker presence that they signed a couple of days ago. I think, you know, they know what they're going to do on defense. We've said for a while, Joe, there is about, what, three different first-round Alabama Crimson Tide front picks mm-hmm. on that front. They've been augmenting that for a while. And I do believe, Joe, you know, one of the other – Kind of elephants in the room when it comes to the washington football team is pro Bowl all pro tackle trent yeah. williams. of course all yep. year long right there was that thing they didn't trust him with the medical staff there was an issue now there's a new regime in place yep. will trent williams be like oh okay i'll give these guys a shot or what's more likely it looks like he is finally you know they're gonna go ahead and move him acquiring more assets right maybe more assets that they can use to acquire a guy like Cam Newton. Yep.
1: Yeah, we've got, uh, we got much to get to here, guys. Uh, Josh Gordon is being heard from, of course. Still a lot of big names available. Where will they land? We'll get you caught up with it all coming up next year on The Grid sportsgrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real-time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge then get on the grid sportsgrid.com all right welcome back in here to the grid sportsgrid.com i'm joe ranieri alongside dane martinez as the information and the deals continue to come rolling in here uh, in the NFL. Uh, Free agency period is open, and still a ton of names that are available on the list. Big names, uh, quarterbacks, positions, uh, defensive end, two of the most sought after positions in the NFL, of course. Names like Jadavian Clowney, still available. Andy Dalton, Cam Newton, uh, Jameis Winston, the list goes on here, guys. Uh, And let us not forget, in addition to the free agency period, we're, we are we got less than a month for the draft that is going to take place here. And there's gonna be a lot of discussion uh, now, draft order, who's gonna move up, who's gonna do what. Uh, those that don't like to dabble or win in free agency, which of course teams like New England, they don't win free agency, ever. They're not interested in winning free agency, they're interested in winning the, uh, the draft and, and building champions, which is interesting. Uh, but the draft is coming up, quarterback, top of the draft, a lot of people, Joe Burrow. Uh, we have now heard, of course, that very difficult for the NFL teams, and this is a, a big problem, not only for the draft, but also for free agency right now, they, with all the travel restrictions and whatnot, very hard for teams to bring players in to evaluate. Yeah. Uh, and and that's a problem, I think, with, with Cam Newton, that teams, he can't. Yeah, there's a lot of places he could probably go that would pick up a phone and say, get here, Cam, let's just make sure he's healthy. He's not been healthy. We know the Liz Frank injury, although he is trending in the right direction. The team is not going to invest or trade for Cam Newton until they know uh, with some semblance of certainty that he's going to play this year. And that's, that's going to hold him back a little bit, I think, because they got to, same thing with Tom Brady right now, although they'll figure it out, I'm sure, um, you got to find a doctor in the area that everyone agrees to use, and that's just tit for tat. So that's you know that's a giant that that never happens right away. But the draft, you know, you, before you spend a top draft pick, especially on the future as a quarterback, sure. you want to see some of these guys. And, and Tua is that guy. And we heard Ian Rapoport, uh is reporting that the Dolphins did everything in their power last week to try and schedule somehow, some way to get Tua. Into the building there for a pre-draft uh, visits, but unfortunately the logistics he's reporting just didn't work out before the league closed all the team facilities because of the coronavirus. But the Dolphins' very first call, actually the only call that they made and uh, the only person they tried to get in for a pre-draft before it all went to to heck, was Tua. So all the medical reports are positive that we've heard that we've seen Dane, uh, but. He's going to be a first-round pick, and the Dolphins, yeah, you know, they kind of said, yeah, no kidding. We're going to go, and we're going to, we want Tua. We want to make sure. Dolphins aren't going to be the only ones, though. There are going to be teams that how much are you willing to risk Tua not being healthy versus healthy? At least the Dolphins have Ryan Fitzpatrick. The Dolphins yeah. don't have to play him, right, year number one. Other teams, uh, if they go up and get him, it's going to be tough for them to keep him on the bench.
0: Yeah, I think that's true. And, you know, you raise a very interesting point, not only with the draft, but for free agency as well. We've been talking about how the NFL is still conducting business, and they are with the millions of dollars that are being shelled out over the last few days. But remember, travel for these players or potential draft picks to go meet with teams, interview them, get them up on the whiteboard, right? That's going to be very hard to do. And then the other part is physicals. Absolutely. You know, you have to agree to a deal and pass a physical. And I'm sure that 99% will, in fact, pass the physical. But we have seen this before where things that have been rumored or agreements in place don't fully come to bear. Last year in free agency, Joe, you remember, uh, we thought the Jets had signed linebacker Anthony Barr in this kind of legal tampering period, and then he had a change of heart. Remember recently, there was a big Mookie Betts trade to the Los Angeles Dodgers. One of the players there did not pass the physical, and so that became null and void, and they had to rework a a trade there with Minnesota, the Dodgers, and the Boston Red Sox. So it has happened before. 99% of the time, it doesn't. But it is something to watch out for in the context that we're in. It's very hard for players to travel, get physicals, actually go to the building and mm-hmm. see facilities and meet with teams. As it relates to Tua, what I think we're seeing here, Joe, is you know, in a game of musical chairs, right, Carolina has filled their seat. Tampa has filled their seat. Yep. You know, the, the Colts have filled their seat. We now look to teams that have not necessarily filled their seat And that's the clue for me of what teams are going to go ahead and invest a first-round pick on quarterbacks. I at one point thought the Panthers may be involved in this. Not anymore. So what it looks like to me, Joe, Cam Newton, notwithstanding, maybe Jameis Winston, notwithstanding, it looks like we know Cincinnati is going to go Joe Burrow, the Ohio boy, at number one. The two teams that are left remaining to me are the Miami Dolphins at five, and the Los Angeles Chargers at 6. That's the back, right? And so they're doing their due diligence on names like Tua, on names like Justin Herbert, and even Jordan Love. If you connect the dots, it looks like these are the teams that are not going to look to the free agency market, but the draft market to find their new quarterback. And it makes sense, too. Mm. Because at least Miami and the Chargers, they have Terod Taylor, they have Ryan Fitzpatrick, and both of those guys profile as legitimate bridge quarterbacks to keep the seat warm.
1: You know, another name that's going to pop up here, Dane, and it's going to pop up a lot here, especially given the fact of the the new CBA is Josh Gordon. And uh, it is now being reported, Jeremy Fowler is reporting that Josh Gordon has every intention of getting reinstated again to the NFL, and if he does so, uh, he will be an automatic free agent, which means he will be available for teams to sign. Unfortunately, he's now been suspended six times in the NFL, dating all the way back to 2013, but he also falls under the old CBA currently right now, not the new CBA, which has done away in all of his suspensions centering around marijuana use. So it's, it's always <laughs> been the classic case. He's really been the poster child for the argument that you're, you're antiquated in your thoughts and everything else that you do, the NBA, and the, NBA, uh, the NFL's been like, ah, oh, well, you know, it's part of the CBA, guys. Sorry about that. And, uh, well, now that's changed. So the question is, will he get a seventh time? Will he get another seventh opportunity here to be able to jump back in the league? six suspensions under the old CBA. He's not assigned to any team, so he would become a free agent. He's 28 right now, but I do believe with the lax marijuana policy, and that's always been his problem. The kid's got a lot of demons, but the kid is about as ridiculous as humanly possible when it comes to ability. Um, Very much years prior to him, there was was a running back uh, out of the University of Texas like to smoke his weed too. Uh, but you know, somehow or another, and he didn't shy away from it. That's but right. If you allow him to be him, you know what I mean? Without the threat of everything else that comes along with him smoking weed to, to calm his nerves, uh, he's going to get picked up by somebody and he is probably going to, if he can get reinstated. I think Josh Gordon is, he is the kind of player, Dan, that I think a team who says, you know what? We just, we need that threat. We need that. If he could have stayed on the field last year for uh, for the Patriots, we might have been having a, another discussion, but the wheel started to fall off there cuz they knew the suspension was coming. Um I you know, he's a very intriguing piece in the free agency market if and when he gets reinstated.
0: I absolutely agree with you. You mentioned the Patriots. So mm-hmm. no, don't forget, later in the season, he latched on with the Seattle Seahawks. Yes, absolutely. You're right. Yep. And, you know, so um he will get an opportunity, absolutely. The talent speaks for itself, okay? And yes, and 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 Joe, I do want to make a distinction here, right? Because people start to lump these guys yes. all together. What Josh Gordon's issues were were a lot different than, say, Antonio Brown, right? right? So you know what I mean. I, I wanna I wanna make that clear. Josh Gordon has like a substance abuse p- problem.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That's different than being a liability and a criminal like yes. in society and being a danger to other people. Yeah. I want to make that distinction very, very clear. And now if you look just at the brass tacks of it in the wide receiver market, A.J. Green, franchise, Amari Cooper, off the board, right? Other wide receivers that we thought may be available via trade, those trades have already happened. DeAndre Hopkins, new address. Stefan Diggs, new address in Buffalo. When you look at the wide receiver market now, the, like, quote-unquote, best wide receiver out there is Robbie Anderson, Joe, a former Jet. You allow Josh Gordon to be in the market, he goes right to the top of the list. And I'm sure with the right environment, the right team, with some structure, we all thought he was going to be good in New England because of the structure there, and he was, in fact. The reason he gets suspended is marijuana. In this new collective bargaining agreement, they are not suspending players for weed anymore. Yep. So if you think you can get 16 games out of Josh Gordon, you yeah, damn right I'd sign him. Yep. If people are talking about Antonio Brown still having a potential future, yep. then Josh Gordon 100% will latch on. All it takes is one team to think they can do it, Joe.
1: You know, it's interesting. You brought up, it's a very weak wide receiver class. It's even weaker now when you look at the fact that, uh, of course, Diggs and, and Hopkins have been moved but Robbie Anderson is very, teams desperately need a couple of things, right, in the wide receiver position. They absolutely need speed, um, and they need guys to be able to stretch the field and and blow the top off of defenses. Robbie Anderson is that guy. I mean, undrafted, uh, coming into the league out of Temple, he has, without a doubt, in the NFL, considered one of the best deep ball wide receivers in the game. He's proven it time and time again, Uh, The Jets, unfortunately, listen, they got his services for a long time without having to pay for it. He was really one of their best options there. Uh, He's not any slower. He's right in his prime right now. I do think things will start to heat up for him now that, of course, Diggs is gone and Hopkins is out of the question. Um, There are going to be teams that are going to jump on him. It'll be interesting to see where he goes. I think the Jets said they're not out of the equation just yet uh but he is looking obviously to get paid and he should Obvi, you know being an undrafted free agent it's you know he's played uh for minimal money for a while now with the New York Jets but he is a guy i anticipate that's not going to be around Vikings obviously could uh could use a guy like him now uh that Diggs is gone there i do think that the uh the Packers uh are a place that uh should be looking at a Robbie Anderson to be able to stretch the field uh so there are definitely landing spots for him It'll be interesting to see where he goes. But I'm shocked he's not gone already, to tell you the truth.
0: Well, listen, that just means maybe he's got a market, right? And he's deciding right. between a few offers. And Robbie Anderson could be the exact kind of player where what you mentioned before, Joe, not being able to travel to these team facilities, yep. yes. meet with you know offensive coordinators and stuff. He could be kind of a guy whose decision is delayed because of that, right? Let's say... There's four or five teams out there bidding for his services, the Jets and some others. You mentioned teams that I think he could be a good fit with, Green Bay. The damn New Orleans Saints have been looking to find someone opposite Michael Thomas yep. for years, right? They even thought about Dez Bryant, Antonio Brown. We were hearing those names. So imagine a guy like Robbie Anderson, who, Joe, you and I both know as Jets fans, you know, started just being a vertical deep threat. Yep. Right. But as he went along, he has developed – into a true kind of wide receiver that people need, uh, running more routes of the route tree. There will be a market for him, but I just believe, Joe, that you know he may be a guy that needs the time to consider all his options and needs to you know, meet with some people out there. Yep. The other thing I'll say about this wide receiver market, Joe, you and I have both heard that in this year's draft, there are a ton of wide receivers That may be worth, you know, top rounds. You know, there may be, I've heard as many as 20 wide receivers that go in the first couple of days. And if there's that much talent out there, you know, be at rookies that you don't have to pay. Maybe some teams are like, I'll go that route instead of paying what may be top dollar for a wideout like Robbie Anderson.
1: Well, you know, top dollar is relative to, you know, who the person is. Wow. He's not going to get digs or, or, you know, certainly Hopkins money by any stretch of the imagination. But sometimes a proven commodity is a hell of a lot better than a swing and a miss in a draft. And they don't they don't land, guys, just ask Detroit on how many number one wide receivers that they've taken over the years. There's no guaranteed. Uh, another name to keep an eye on, though, that is, I think, a, a fantastic commodity for teams. Wide receiver that's out there is Brashad Perryman is a guy that will make a team um, that much more explosive if you have a quarterback that can throw the damn ball down the field. If you if you do, Brashad Perryman is a guy that will absolutely take the top off of defenses altogether. Keep an eye on the Eagles. They are definitely a team. They got these big-bodied wide receivers, but Deshaun Jackson, you know, they need that Deshaun Jackson kind of guy that they've had in the past to be able to spread the field. For a guy who can throw the ball 80 yards on the fly, he would be a perfect fit for the Philadelphia Eagles and Carson Wentz. It'll be interesting to see what Harry Roseman does there, but he is a guy that will make a team more explosive if he can sign on to somebody.
0: Yeah, absolutely. When you talk about Philadelphia, all the buzz is that now with the new collective bargaining agreement, the Eagles may be able to move on from Alshon Jeffrey and spread some of his cap or dead cap money out and about. Remember, yes, you mentioned Deshaun Jackson, who could provide that, but has he ever been healthy? You know the Eagles have soured on someone like Nelson Aguilar, right? They invested some draft capital with J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, and they're going to move to kind of even a bigger role for a guy like Dallas Goddard, you know, pairing him with Zach Ertz. Miles Sanders coming on at the running back position had a great second half of the year. So we'll see what Philly does. You know, Joe, normally we make like a best bet or a play of the game, and I know we only have a minute left. One of the things we talked about is Tua. Mm. They're hanging an over-under on Tua's draft slot at two and a half. That means, will he be one of the top two picks? In essence, will someone move up to get Tua? What do you think? Uh,
1: to me, it depends on how fast we can get him in front of a doctor and team's comfort level. And while it's nice that his team is pointing out how healthy he is, teams are not going to risk that and uh, and then all of a sudden only have him for a year and, and blow a top three pick or a two-and-a-half pick. It, it's a very tough situation. Knock on wood. Everything is going to move uh, accordingly in the right direction for him, for the draft, for teams, and, of course, for us in this country. And, of course, we'll be back tomorrow. It's moving right along for us as well as the NFL. He is Dane Martinez. I am Joe Ranieri. More NFL talk coming your way here on The Grid. It is sportsgrid.com. Be safe